If you are a teacher, parent, administrator, student, and or anyone who loves reconnecting children with nature, and you want to figure out how to cultivate learning gardens and nature-based curriculum, then this is the podcast, the Outdoor Classrooms Podcast. My name is Victoria Hackett. I am the founder of OutdoorClassrooms.com and the Secret Gardens Nature Classes. I love witnessing the magic that happens when children are playfully learning outdoors, observing the return of wonder and curiosity. Curiosity when children are interacting with nature is pure magic. This is the podcast that is going to help you capture children's interest and give you not only inspiration, but some real life strategies that are going to help you figure out how to use the outdoor space, your outdoor space, as a teaching tool so you can enlighten the playful learning experience for young children. Welcome to our Outdoor Classrooms community. Did you know that Outdoor Classrooms improve children's emotional, intellectual, and behavioral development while helping foster the development of creativity, problem-solving, independence, and confidence? The problem is, overwhelm, fear, and a lack of time can often make achieving any Outdoor Classroom vision into reality more trouble than it's worth. Did you know that we have a membership community at Outdoor Classrooms? It's the leading training community for educators and parents interested in cultivating outdoor classrooms and creating nature-based curriculum. It's a membership to support, collaborate, educate, and bring like-minded educators together. And it's packed with in-depth, practical training and resources for all aspects of planning, running, and growing a sustainable outdoor classroom, plus the community support you need to ensure your teaching gardens achieve their full potential. This month, we are talking about teaching and learning outdoors. Today, we have Laura DeGaldo. She is a certified zero to three Montessori guide with 23 years of experience working with children and their families, with 17 of those years in a Montessori setting. Laura is the owner of the Montessori Tree and currently runs an outdoor home-based toddler program called The Nest, which integrates nature, art, and Montessori. Laura is also the proud mother to an amazing little girl. Before she became a mother, she received a BA in English and a master's in educational psychology. Laura is passionate about intentional living, conscious parenting, and uplifting others through her work and words. Without further ado, Laura DeGaldo. Hello, Laura. Welcome to our Outdoor Classrooms podcast. I'm thrilled that you are here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Great. Laura is in, you're in Austin, Texas. That's right. Mm-hmm. And runs a home care program, which I'll have you talk about that. And your evolution of moving your Montessori-based mm-hmm. program outdoors. So I'm going to have you introduce yourself. Yeah, great. Thanks. And thanks so much for having me here. Um, this is so exciting to share my story. And yeah, I've been working with children for 
probably about 20 years now, um, pretty much when I graduated college. And I worked as a nanny and a tutor and a teacher in a public school. And I kind of learned a lot from each of those positions, but didn't really land anywhere and kind of came to this point where I felt like, you know, maybe I'm just not meant to work with children. So I went back to school to get my master's and I wasn't sure in what yet. I kind of just started picking some courses um, in education and psychology. And I ran across this paragraph in one of my classes in one of my textbooks about Montessori. And it was the first I'd heard of it. And so I thought, hmm, this seems interesting. I'm going to go check it out. And I reached out to my community. And this was a long time ago. So it was pre-Instagram. I wasn't on Facebook then. I think I met someone in a chat room, if you remember those. Way oh, back yeah. <laughs> and she was opening a Montessori school that fall. And I asked if I could interview her and we met. And um, she ended up hiring me to work at this Montessori school that was opening that year. And I signed up and said, sure thing. Uh, I'd be happy to be your toddler teacher, even though I had no experience with toddlers. And <laughs> um, so sort of crash course, you know, I learned as much as I could. You know, I started observing in Montessori classrooms. I fell in love with it. I started teaching. And uh, initially, I was really overwhelmed. You know, working with toddlers is such a unique unique job. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, And so I was a little overwhelmed at first, but honestly, like it didn't take me long before I fell in love with it. And I realized these are my people and this, the Montessori approach, this is for me, it really resonated with who I was and the way that I wanted to be not only with children, but just in my life. And so I ended up working at that school for 13 years and also not only as a toddler teacher, but as an administrator. So I had a long time. It was a long time. Yeah. yeah. You know, people joked, oh, what are you still doing here? You know, <laughs> it was longer than most of my relationships. They said, oh. Yeah. But, you know, I reached a point, I had uh, my daughter mm-hmm. and she went to school there and I just sort of felt a calling to do something different. I wanted to continue working with children, but in a different capacity, you know, I really enjoyed working with the parents while I was in administration. Mm-hmm. And wanted to kind of explore what that would look like to kind of split my time with children and parents. So I decided with a business partner, a friend of mine, to start my own program. And it was based in my home. Initially, we were going to move to a commercial property, but we thought we'll start in my home, a little home-based toddler program, offer consulting and whatnot. Yeah. So that was 2019. Just we're getting started and the pandemic hit. Oh. Um, so my partner ended up moving and leaving. So here I was with closed brand new school and a business that I had no intention of running on my own and wasn't sure what to do. I thought, well, okay, you know, I've already left my job, but here I am and there's COVID and there were so many uncertainties. I thought, well, I'll just reopen and move my program outdoors. I'll invite a few children back, you know, families who are willing to kind of take that risk with me. And yeah, so I opened that fall with five children on my own and felt like, Oh, okay. Well, here we go. I don't really have a compass. <laughs> and then I met you. You know, I, I found you online. <laughs> yeah. So I took one of your workshops online and it's just like this light bulb went off. Inspiration. I thought, ah, this is it. Outdoor classroom. Yeah. yeah. It has been, I have to say, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. Because it, how many years ago was that? We've known each other now. Uh, at least two, right? Maybe. Yeah. I think we're, it's, 
It feels like it's more. I feel like I've known you forever. But it's watching your evolution and hearing your story. You have a beautiful indoor space, I mean, gorgeous Montessori, and then watching you evolve into your outdoor space over these years has been incredible for me. And I'm sure everybody in our membership as well, but it's it's been it really enlightening because you've just you were in a situation here we got the pandemic and every I think we were all in a situation but the the way you turned it around and used it as a silver lining was incredible to watch and then to see how even year after year you're you're still growing just as an educator as it's really really exciting to watch so tell us more tell us more about you started moving outdoors and then what happened? Yeah, thanks. I mean, this is, it's been really a humbling experience and so wonderful to share this journey with you, honestly. I'm just so grateful to you for kind of, yeah, turning on that light bulb for me and opening my eyes to a whole new way of being children. I think in those early days, you know, I was so worried about, you know, can I do this? Can I run a business? Can I really work with children outdoors? And it's not that I never worked with children outdoors. I just hadn't done it in this way. And so I, in those early days, I actually became really close with the families that were enrolled Mm. in my time because, you know, we all kind of scrambled that initial closure and, oh no, how are we going to continue to meet the needs of the children. So we were meeting pretty regularly on Zoom, conferencing, having Mm. nights and whatnot. And one of them made a comment to me about pandemic and how interesting it was to see folks kind of falling into these categories of, oh no, this is the end. Now I'm going to have to close or, you know, just kind of looking at all the negatives. Mm. There certainly was a lot that we didn't know and that we couldn't anticipate. But he said, at the same time, I see a lot of folks rising and saying, hey, Mm -hmm. how can we make the best of the situation, you know, and how can I use my creativity and resourcefulness? And he said that I just kind of had this aha, oh, in two years. I want to look back and say that I was part of that ladder. Yes. Group. Um, and, and look at you. Look at you I now. Mean, it's incredible yeah. what you're doing. <laughs> I, just- I certainly had my share of anxiety and late nights of no sleep and whatnot. But yeah, it really helped. I think when I met you and started just down this path of, okay, well, I'm going to give this an honest effort. What does it look like to have an outdoor classroom? And for a long time, I kept trying to fit my indoor classroom into the outdoor space, just kind of transfer it. Mm-hmm. There were kind of kept hitting these obstacles and feeling like that this isn't quite right because, and some of the things worked well, some of the work transferred well, but some things I just felt like, why are we doing this outdoors? There's so much more to see and do outdoors. Mm. I didn't really know, you know, I didn't have a framework yet. That's what you were, that's what you talked about, five stages. Five, five right? phases of teaching outdoors. Yeah. And then also the four types of gardens. And I started to think more conceptually. Rather than trying to move everything outdoors, okay, well, we're indoors. What do we do indoors? We do language building. We work on fine motor development, gross motor development. Um, We do a lot of sensory exploration. Um, In Montessori, we do a lot of care uh, for the environment. So what do those things look like outdoors? So care of the environment, right, of course, is an important component of the Montessori environment. Indoors, it looks like washing tables, washing windows, washing dishes, you know, sweeping floors. And we do some of that outdoors as well. But then my mind expanded to, oh, but we can also rake and compost Mm -hmm. and garden. And then once I started gardening, you know, I mean, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. (laughs) 
Yeah, it just is amazing. And I feel like really, we talk about this all the time, but the children are always our best teachers. Yeah. So just giving them that space to move in and explore through my observations of them, they taught, they showed me what they needed. Yeah. Um, And what I learned in the Montessori classroom, the indoor environment is that we learn through observation, we observe them. Yeah. And then we adjust, we tweak our environment to meet their needs. So it's the same thing outdoors. I just really had to kind of let go of this picture of how it should be and open my mind to what it could be. If that makes yeah. Sense. No, I remember distinctly when we, I don't know, we were in the membership and we were talking about entering our outdoor spaces. Mm-hmm. And so if children were coming into our outdoor space, what would that experience be like? And I remember I could see the light bulbs going off for you and it was sort of, and it's just been interesting because you had over the years, you've mm-hmm. had a lot of events. Mm-hmm. So you have, you've really created, you've gone beyond just creating an outdoor classroom. I think what I, what I, my observation is you've really created the essence of community mm-hmm. in your community. And so could you tell us a little bit about, you've had this incredible art show and you've done, you've coll- collaborated with other nature-based mm-hmm. schools. And, and could you tell us a little bit more about these different events? And Sure why they inspired you to do them? Yeah, so I, I mean, could talk about my art show first. Um, <laughs> uh, we just had our, our second annual art show a couple of weeks ago. So still feeling the high from that. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, when I moved the classroom outdoors, there was a moment when I thought, oh, well, what are we going to do outdoors? What does the curriculum look like? So again, I looked at the big picture. Okay, well, what are our goals? What do the children need at this stage? And of course, sensory exploration is a huge need at this stage. So easy. That's easy to do outdoors. So we've always always used uh, sensory play. But I thought, let's just take it a step further. And we've always, always kind of done craft type projects with the children in my classroom. But I thought, well, let's just, let's just go for it, right? Like, let's, let's, <laughs> Line, the finger paint, the markers, the watercolors, let's see what they can create. Because outdoors, I think there's just this sort of freedom, right? I think indoors, sometimes we feel a little limited because the mess that potentially transpires. And again, you have toddlers. So just reminding our listeners that you're working with young toddlers. Okay. Yes. Yes. And so it's often a full body experience. Right. And so outdoors, I thought, oh, goodness, well, we, gosh, so many possibilities. And they loved it. And I loved it. Just, I remember that feeling I had as a child. Yeah. When, you know, oh, when I grow up, I want to be an artist. And so not only was I able to witness them having fun, but also kind of finding their voice. Because a lot mm. of children are pre-verbal. They're starting to communicate, starting to use words. And I just found them really engrossed in the work. A lot of folks have this misperception that toddlers or young children are incapable of focusing. Right. Yeah. I tell you, you know, when you give them the right materials, yeah. um, and give them the space and time, I've seen toddlers sit for 30 minutes and work yeah. with it. You know? Yeah. It's incredible. Ours are loving the mud kitchen at the moment. And it's, mm. it's striking. It's- Isn't that amazing? And you can also kind of see their wheels turning, right? Oftentimes yeah. you kind of wonder, well, what are they thinking? What are they planning? And when they sit down with the paintbrush or they're using their hands to finger paint or whatnot, 
they get this sort of look of concentration and it really looks very purposeful, right? Mm. They have, I think they have this vision of what they want their work to look like. Not always, but sometimes yeah. it's, you know, it becomes this particular group of children I have now. I'm just finishing up my second year with them. Um, so they've really grown wow. as artists and I can see them sit down with this, okay, I'm choosing blue now and I want my blue to go here. And now I want red and I'm going to mix it with my blue in this sort of way. And it, it's just it, this really great outlet, really great avenue for them to find their voice, to express themselves. Yeah. And, and then you brought them all together for a show. You displayed yes. everything. Yes. And yes. the show was all outdoors. It was. Yeah. So we tried it last year. Last year, seed of inspiration that I got from one of our outdoor classroom meetings. Um, Julie mentioned, oh, we did an art show. And I thought, bing, like, that's amazing. Yeah. I'm going to try that. And so, yeah, I collected all their artwork and hung it up outdoors in the backyard and invited the families. And it was so much fun. It was it really well I think my favorite part of the experience was, again, witnessing the children's pride. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, how fun for me, right, just to put up the art and have this community event. But when I saw the kids walk in and see their art hanging up, and then I did that, that's mine. And their parents, of course, were glowing and, oh, my artist. And it was just beautiful. Beautiful. And you've also done uh, tours of other, you've you've gathered other nature-based programs, small schools, I think is what you called it, a small Mm -hmm. schools tour. Can you just tell us quickly about the motivation behind that? Yeah, yes. I really enjoyed the art show, but I didn't want to replicate it in the fall. I wanted to host another community event in the same vein of spirit of celebration of young children and community. And I felt like, well, I can do an open house, but by itself, it's not super exciting. And I had been working with a couple other schools and I thought, wouldn't it be fun if we all did an open house? So I think there were three or four of us in the beginning. And we do the city of Austin, so where I live, they host something called a studio tour, you know, Mm, for mm -hmm. grown professional artists, right? And so (laughs) all of the galleries in town will open up their space and the artists have their work featured and folks will hop around and look at the art all around town. They have maps and parties and whatnot. And I thought, well, we could do the same thing for schools. Um, So we started reaching out to other uh, schools. And my initial thought was, we'll focus on outdoor classrooms. But frankly, I started to just, I met with a Reggio-inspired school, and then a play-based school, and then nature-based school. And I saw such richness in all of them. started to see that the common thread really with all of us was that we were all either home-based or small programs. And having, I think I I was in my third year, and really fully embracing, Mm -hmm. oh, oh, I'm running small school. I'm running the small yeah. program. I kind of want to celebrate that and celebrate all these folks who are working so hard to serve the community, but often go yeah. under the radar because usually we're one or two people who wear all the hats and marketing and promotion. Yeah. Yeah. Always our strong suit. So I thought, let's celebrate that. And uh, kind of word got around and we ended up with 13 schools. Wow. Yes, it's incredible to me. That's incredible. And then the last event, you Mm -hmm. you started a writing club for parents. Is that that connected to, I just want to briefly mention it because it just is so creative. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's funny, you know, when I, when I tell folks what I do sometimes, like, well, I do this and then this. And I think that for a while I felt like because I was called down all these different paths and I struggled with feeling like, well, oh, but they're all so different. And what, how can I connect them and make sense of it all? Um, So I don't look 
or appears scattered. And I finally realized, I'll tell you about the writing circle, but what I finally realized about all of these events, you know, the art show, the small schools tour, is that I'm really passionate about creating space where both children and adults feel seen, heard, and empowered. Mm. And so that's my goal, really, with my toddler program. But in the art show, same, you know, same thing. I want my children to have a space where they, their voice can be heard and that they feel empowered. Small school, same thing. I wanted all these school owners to feel mm. empowered in their space. Uh, you know, so I mentioned earlier that I wanted to work more with uh, parents. And I hadn't figured that out until last summer. I remembered that years ago, the same friend, uh, the person who I started the business with, we hosted this writing circle for women. And we'd mm-hmm. meet once a month, talk about various topics. We usually would choose a word, kind of like, you know, we chose our word for the year. Yeah, yeah. So we would choose a word for each session and talk about what does that mean to you? And how does it you know, relate to your evolution, your growth, personally, professionally. I thought, oh, I really miss that. What if I just put an invite out there to my community for mothers? Um, yeah. And so I put an invite in my newsletter and had an immediate response. My first group filled up quickly. And wow. We've, we've Beautiful. been since then. Um, so this is since last August and it has been an amazing, amazing experience. It's incredible. It's, it's really pulling all these different things together and so can you just tell us, you found the circle, the our circle membership, mm-hmm. and can you tell us a little bit about how that's played a role in your world and all these different things that you're doing? I mean, I think I mentioned earlier, you know, it's just been so wonderful. I, I think leaving my community of 13 years, staff of 30 plus folks, um, 200 plus families, to running my own program and the pandemic hitting, I just was very isolating experience. You know, of course, that was also part of the reason I oh, let me start this writing circle, let me start this small school story. Mm-hmm. I just really wanted to build a system of support for myself. Mm-hmm. So I felt like if I'm going to keep doing this, I, I need more. Right. Right? And that is why I took your workshop and heard about the circle. It kind of was just the universe answering, oh, you're looking for support, here you go. And so I signed up right away and I wasn't sure what to expect, but it definitely surpassed my hopes in terms of having a really safe and encouraging and motivating and inspiring space. Come in and share, share my challenges, share my concerns, my anxieties, are my questions, my ponderings, or I'll have this idea, but I'm not sure how to move forward. It's just wonderful. I feel like even if one other person shows up or five other people show up, it's always a great conversation. And I always leave feeling motivated. You know, yeah, I do too. It's, it's yeah. I don't know. There's some sort of magic in the, it's an amazing group of women. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's, and I think it's the, it's the group that makes it up, but I think we do really, we our conversations and it is a safe place and it's, Mm -hmm. and I, I found that some, like the art show, like now I'm, I'm so motivated, intrigued and inspired by you now, now here across the country, I'm doing an art show. So it's just neat how we um, feed off of each other in that regard as well. So it it goes both ways. So I want to have you talk a, a little bit more about the impact that all of this has had mm-hmm. on you just in terms mm-hmm. of you moved your classroom outdoors you've really looked at different ways of how that has a great marriage with Montessori what about your your own being of getting outdoors yeah gosh you know I think in those early days of the pandemic you know I mentioned you know having those sort of sleepless nights and 
those bouts of anxiety and whatnot, I realized that I was leaning towards the outdoors more. So, you you know, when you're indoors and you kind of, or you're sitting in front of a screen, you kind of get into your head too much. And so to let that all go, you know, and we couldn't go anywhere at the time in the backyard. And what really impressed me initially was how quiet it was outdoors. Remember that initial lockdown? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was just sort of like so serene. And I thought, this is, this is incredible. You know, the flowers were still blooming. It seemed like the world was ending, but the flowers were still blooming. (laughs) Birds were still singing. Just like the water fountain outdoors was still flowing. It just was like, no, life is going on, you know, and for more than that, I feel really connected to myself, Mm. to the outdoors, and there's something here. And I started taking videos and then posting them um, for my families that were enrolled at the time. Like, here's a moment of silence for you. Here's Mm. a moment for you. And I realized how beneficial that was. I don't know if for them, but it was for me. So I started being more intentional about it. And I think that's kind of what led me to feeling like, you know, this outdoor classroom thing might be doable. There might be something to it. And so after that first year, being with the circle for a year or two, and then myself witnessing and experiencing the benefits of being outdoors, the the first off, a more regulated nervous system. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, connection with nature, um, but also connection with myself. There's space out here for me just to feel, yeah, the sense of connection when it seemed like there was a disconnect because we were all, you know, social distancing and whatnot. I I still found a strong sense of connection. So I started just to get really excited about going outside and spending all this time outside with the kids. And I heard about this thousand hour outside. Yeah. And I thought, well, let me just do that. And that really motivated me. You know, I like a challenge like that. So (laughs) So that really, you did it by yourself. You didn't necessarily, did you do it with your family? No, I think it's the first time you did it by yourself. I remember that. Yes, I did just because I felt it would be easier to track and um, I could be a little more intentional about the time that I spent outdoors. And and so I met my goal. And over the course of that year, I noticed not only did I find it easier to regulate my nervous system, but I also felt like I was developing in resiliency Mm -hmm. and flexibility. And so much the outdoor classroom, for example, when you're out there, there's so much that's unpredictable, particularly with the weather, Mm -hmm. right? And we can't control the factors. So there's just a sense of you have to fall in line with the rhythm of nature. And there's something really beautiful about that, right? Because there's a surrender of sorts, but it's also a trust and faith and patience and learning to work with nature rather than trying to avoid it or fix it. And so that was really beautiful. And I found that in my personal ventures as well. So yeah, I the next year, this year I decided to do a hiking challenge. Yeah, I'm going to go further now. I'm going to add hiking to it. And so I've been hiking since March 1st. My goal is to hit 75 miles uh, before May 31st. And those have been incredible experiences. Wow. Same thing. Just, you know, walking a trail, I think, is just very therapeutic. Sometimes I walk alone, sometimes with friends. And both are beneficial. I think there's so much to be learned from. Initially, when I started, I just 
was at this place of feeling like, oh, I'm just kind of feeling lost and I, I need a compass about making future plans and whatnot. And so kind of letting that go and trusting that things would unfold in the right time, the trail taught me that all I had to do was take one step at a time. And there was something reassuring. Mm having a path to follow, a tangible path to follow in these moments, but trusting that the path in life, right, in the bigger picture would be revealed to me at the right time. So yeah, I think that I I can't tell you how grateful I am for this experience of getting outdoors. And I think we've talked about this before too, but it's also taking me back to that feeling I had as a child. We chose our word for this year. My word was joy. And I remember now that feeling I had of walking barefoot in the creek and Mm. catching frogs after the monsoon and smelling creosote bush after rain. And I kind of just got away from that. Yeah. I got busy and started spending more time indoors and now kind of back in that place of really having appreciation for those more subtle moments in life. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Beautiful. So what, just for our listeners, what Laura is talking about in terms of us choosing our words in the circle membership, we have membership missions and we kicked off January, the new year with the mission was to choose a word and Laura's word was joy. And so then we sort of see how we're living by that word. My, my word was invite. I had two words, invite and serve. One, one of the words that inspired me to start the podcast. So it's been I'm Incredible. I, I, your descriptions of it makes me want to go out and walk. <laughs> I'm, I'm now <laughs> ready for another challenge. <laughs> the end. We got, we got. <laughs> but is there anything else you want to share? Any other insight where we people can find you if they want to? Definitely, um, you, you are in the in our circle, so that's one place. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, involved in the circle. I am online. I don't do Facebook much, but I am pretty active or try to be active on Instagram. That just appeals to me for some reason. I love taking photographs and sharing snippets of our experience. So I'm at the Montessori tree. And yeah, I do my best to keep up with communication. Again, kind of wearing all the hats. Sometimes I'll disappear for a little while because I'll get consumed with something. But I feel like, you know, so many of us are just really seeking connection, right? And so I think that as much as possible, I you know, try to be as responsive as I can. I just met with a couple of women from Idaho who are running a future club. And so I just get really inspired by connecting with people across the country. And again, it's one of the benefits of the circle. It's just so great to see and hear that folks are doing this work all across the country. All over. And And it's sort of become a family. I mean, it's really, we, not a lot of us have met in person, but it, and Mm -hmm. we're all over, you know, we're scattered across the country, but it's really, we've been together. Some of us have been together for a couple of years now. So it's been really lovely to see each other's evolution and, and watch your evolution and what all the things that you're doing it's and I just love how you weave in these other components so it's not just you're running your toddler program and -hmm. you're making this incredible outdoor classroom you've got all these other veins which which I I believe can only enhance what you're already doing so it's just it's so unbelievably creative and joyous it's it's just it's fun to watch yeah it's it's like you said it's that ripple effect right and yeah. Yeah. That every 
every connection we make and our choices, you know, there's, they, they have impact. And that's wonderful to work with parents and see that impact their children, work with the children, see that impact the parents, work with other educators, see that impact their students and families. And yeah, um, yeah, just, you know, thank you so much for holding the space. And I, oh, I, yeah, I you. just, I believe that we all have a story that each, each one of us has a story. And I'm just so excited and proud that I can offer the space so we all so you all we all can share this those stories because i believe there's so much that we can dissect from from the stories that we can share so instead of the next person's gonna you know like oh yeah that one thing that she was talking about that writing circle or something that they can pull from that circle which then creates that incredible ripple effect so i want to thank you for for sharing your story with all of us and I'm in all your kind words and thank you. Thanks, Victoria. And if anyone is questioning joining the circle, I, you know, need someone to chat with that. I'm happy to answer any questions, serve as a resource. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us here at the Outdoor Classrooms podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with anybody who you think would enjoy it and follow us on Instagram. We'd love to continue the conversation. If you want to continue the conversation even deeper, please join us in the Circle community. The purpose of the Circle is to support, guide, and push you as you continually grow and sustain your outdoor classroom by providing the tools to help you set the right goals, then actually follow through in achieving those goals with the support of our amazing community. Each month, 24-7, you get guidance and support from myself. You get to begin your journey with our new member roadmap. You get access to our outdoor teaching boot camp. You get to interact and learn from guest experts who are on our podcast. They come into our membership and join us to continue the conversations. You get to connect and collaborate during two live sessions a month. You get access to all our online workshops and masterclasses. You get get to dig deeper with our membership missions each month and you get to become an ambassador of joy for children. I hope you can join us for the price of one workshop. You get all of this. You get to become a member of our family at Outdoor Classroom. So I hope you can join us. I will share the link in the show notes and we'll see you later. Come join us.